Hi and welcome to The Crime Pod. I'm Sam. And I'm Caitlin. And today we're going to talk to you about one of Scotland's unsolved serial killers who's most infamously known as Bible John. Today, Caitlin's going to tell me about the story of Bible John, as I'm not very familiar with it, and I didn't have a lot of time to do as much research as I would have wanted to. Mm-hmm. So, so hopefully, <laughs> I will ask the questions that may come to your heads, so that we don't miss much out. However, I apologise if I don't, and I just sit there. <laughs> you just get a cup of tea and actually tune out of the story. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so our story begins way back in 1968. It was a killing spree of three women across the Glasgow area in Scotland. So I'm just going to talk you through them. And we've got a few assumptions. I think we spoke about this. Like, there's been a lot in the media about who Bible John could have been. Oh, yeah, to Other serial killers. So I think we're just going to... I'll tell you the story and I think we'll have a bit of a discussion about it. So way back on the 22nd of February in 1968, a woman named Patricia Docker, who was a 25-year-old nurse had just split up from her husband and was living at home with her parents and her four-year-old son. Now, she normally worked night shifts, but she had it off. Fair play to her. She's a nurse, got a night off, so she's a way out. So she told her parents she was going out to Glasgow City Centre and actually going to the Majestic Ballroom. And it's unknown, I've looked, but no one knows if she actually went to the Majestic Ballroom. But what we know is she actually ended up at the Barland Ballroom. Now, the Barland Ballroom back then is very different to the the Barland Ballroom as we know it now. Um, It seemed to be a place where you go dancing. And especially this night, it was an over 25 night, which was actually known as Grab a Granny Night. Because Because there were 25. Yeah, Samantha, I'm 25 this year. (laughs) I'm 25 in a couple of months and I found okay, a granny and we're so upset <laughs> but yeah so this was over 25 nights on Thursdays and they were kind of infamously known as people went to these to dance to flirt with other married people so it had a bit of a reputation Ooh. of like okay you're dancing and flirting with people you've got a husband at home you've got a wife at home so really people didn't say they were going there so it's unknown if she was always intending on going there or if she actually went to the Majestic Ballroom first and ended up there no one's 100% sure. Now, she was seen with her friends, but nobody's really unsure exactly who these friends are. And off she goes. She has a nice night. She's seen with her friends. And then she doesn't turn up home. So her parents are thinking, like any parents would think, we've mentioned it in cases before, she's stayed with one of her friends. However, she's that... 25. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, so do you know what? She doesn't have to come home. Her parents have said, look, we'll look after your son. So she's maybe making the most of it. Or, do you know, they might not like to think that, but maybe she was going home with some. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's 60. It's not, the, it's not the dark ages, you know. However, when she doesn't turn up home, Things start getting a bit like, okay. And then a 67-year-old man found what he thought was a mannequin just yards away from her home on his way to work. Now, this is when I get a bit confused because he actually thinks it was a man. However, she was face up. She was completely nude. So I don't understand how he thought this mannequin was a man, but he did. Maybe he sees different types of men than us. (laughs) Yeah. And this is where it went really wrong. As he phoned it in and the police actually assumed it was just a homeless man who'd, you know, succumbed to the weather. So they actually didn't rush to come and check this body out. These police officers that were called actually never went to this body. Um, It was two traffic cops that were just doing their rounds who actually came across the body. 
So really, oh it wasn't chased at what it could have been. It was lying there for ages and they signed this body. Now, the crime scene, they're, you know, she's lying there. She's completely naked. Her handbag and clothes are all missing. And lying a little bit away from her body, I don't actually know how close it was, was a used sanitary pad as well. Which at that time didn't mean anything, but just remember that as I will come back to that later in the story. Now, she was taken to hospital and obviously she's a nurse, she works in the hospital. She was so badly beaten that the people in the hospital, her colleagues didn't recognise her. And oh eventually her father goes in and identifies her body the next day. I'm not sure how they got to her ID. I think her parents, obviously she was missing, she hadn't come home and they've heard her body's turned up a couple of yards for the house and the dad's phoned in. But obviously because there was no ID there, all her stuff was missing. As I said, her handbag was missing. But the handbag was actually found a wee while later. It was found in a water um, somewhere in Glasgow, the River Cart, by a search unit. However, her clothes have still never been found. Um, now, the post-mortem said that she died with strangulation. And what they've assumed it was is a belt. So it's something that he's had with him, this killer, if we're assuming it is a man. Um, when they went and done a door-to-door, it revealed that nobody saw anything, but a woman heard somebody shout, leave me alone, heading from this area at that time of night. Now, obviously different days, but like if I heard that, I'd probably go and have a look or look out my window. Yeah. Well, it depends but... where you are, though, because if people have been drinking and stuff, you hear a lot of ruckus. Yeah, and you're like, exactly. oh, well, I'm nosy. I want to see what happens, but I'm not actually going to go out and do yeah, anything I'm, about I'm, it. <laughs> literally, a cat meows in your street and your head's out the window. So, <laughs> like, I think we'd look, but yeah. So, yeah, um, there was, see, I, I read an article as well, which I kind of, I'm not 100% sure. A lot of these articles, especially because something happened so long ago, it's hard to get exact. But the postmortem showed there was no signs of sexual assault, but there was a few blows, like punches and kicks to her face. But it also said in the article that she was raped. Okay. So I would say rape is sexual assault. So I think, mm-hmm. obviously, there's something going on along there. But I'm just going to say that she was. Obviously, she was horrifically assaulted. And I do believe it was sexual assault as well. So basically, they look for this, like, you know, the the horrible part about this is obviously they asked the parents, where was she? She was at the Majestic Ballroom. So they sent out all the police there, all the checks there. And it came out actually a long time later that she wasn't there and she was at the Barland Ballrooms. But due to the fact, I don't know if she lied to her parents. I really don't know. I don't know if she intended on going there and didn't. But because they didn't know the exact location, they found it a lot harder. And by the time they'd eventually found it was the Barlands, a lot of their leads were gone anyway. And, you know, time had passed. So sadly, that case kind of just fizzled out. Let's flash forward a year and a half we're going to head into August 1969. So on Saturday the 16th of August 1969, Jemima McDonald was 32 years old. Um, so she had three kids. She was also split from her partner. And most of her friends were married, you know, the, at the age of 32 back in the 60s. It was quite unusual not to be married. Which nowadays, you know, I know more 32-year-olds aren't married than married. But back then it was. So she actually went on a night out herself, which... I can't wow. imagine doing. Like mm-hmm. confidence. Yeah. But her well sister done, Margaret her. was like, yeah, yeah, like, I'll take your three kids. You go out. So off she went. Like, that should do. Mental. So, yeah, she went off out. And then the next morning, she didn't actually return to get her kids, which her sister was a bit like, all right, same as above. Like, maybe she stayed with a friend. Maybe, do you know, she's unmarried. Maybe she's gone out. But she didn't return home to get her kids. Now, <laughs> this one actually is so disturbing like how they found the body like I was really really shocked when I was reading this so the sister Margaret 
heard from the, like rumors from the local kids that play in the area and what they played is they played in an abandoned tenement building that like it was just obviously not used it was in I'm not 100 sure the exact area but basically this building wasn't used and the kids used to go and play in it that's our first flag why are kids playing in an abandoned tenement building um because i feel well, like that's quite fun isn't it yeah i feel that's not great but they were going on saying that there was a body in the building well that's and if i was a kid i'd be out there <laughs> I'd be like, yeah. absolutely not. Yeah, no, don't lie. We were little crimeholics. We'd be right over there being like, oh. But... <laughs> Let's do an autopsy. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, so the, they found this body and they're telling everybody there's a body in the building and everyone's like, they're kids. But by Monday, the sister's like, right, I've still got these three kids. She's not turned up. So she went and actually checked it out. And when she arrived, the same as above, she thought she'd found a mannequin. I think that would be the initial shock. Because I'd like to think if you saw a body liner you, you, you're, it's going to take a while to adjust and it did and she unfortunately actually found her sister there um, oh my god this was a little bit unlike Patricia which is why I think it took so long to kind of link it she was fully clothed um, however her clothing was torn I think some of her belongings were missing but some of them were there um, but lying not that far from the body was another used sanitary pad now, I'm not saying, like, I don't go on a night out and tell people I'm on my period, but that's two women in Glasgow found murdered near their house that were also on their periods. She had With also... I used sanitary pad at the side of them. Yeah, yeah. So that's and she'd... like someone's put it there, not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And also, where did she go? She went to the Barrowlands. So she'd also been out at the Barrowlands. Um, when, they invest... when they obviously went and asked people at the Barrowlands, she was seen by several people in the company of a well-dressed young man. Now, they've kind of described him very briefly. He was he had light hair. Some said it was red hair. He was quite well-spoken. He was roughly between the age of 25 to 35. Um, and when people overheard their conversation, he was dropping a quite a few biblical quotes. So when people kind of noticed that, because I feel like in that area, in that kind of night out, it wasn't quite common. So they'd made a kind of mental note when they described him, like, oh yeah, he actually made these quotes. She was last seen leaving with this guy around 20 to 1 in the morning, because that the bar lunch actually starts at 12, so I think they were kind of loitering about, and I think he's obviously offered to escort her home. So her crime scene, as I said, it was quite similar. However she was fully dressed but the postmortem said as well she was strangled by this time she was strangled by her own stockings now i've kind of highlighted that but yeah like it took the police quite a while in fact it actually took them 10 weeks to link these cases together because obviously do you know i think they were in in glasgow but you know it's just two murders however i think when they actually looked at all the evidence that immediately came into my head when i was reading this like sanitary pads lie next to them both strangled by something both found near their home so obviously this guy's meeting them charming them and then offering to walk them home Uh so two nights after this body was found so two nights after they found jemima the barlands the band there at the barlands actually stopped the music and made an announcement now this was really important because due to the kind of reputation the barlands had nobody admitted they went there it was all very secret but the police had actually offered that if anyone came forward, they would be completely anonymous. Like, you wouldn't have to give your name, you wouldn't have CR, because obviously people are going there that are married, or people are going there, if they're unmarried and it's frowned upon, because you're trying to find somebody. So, Who's probably going to be married. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they set up an actual individual task team to work in the Barrowlands undercover and to focus completely on this case. And this is actually another one, we just love going through these, another first for Scottish crime history is they actually made up a sketch 
like I don't think they ever used sketches in a criminal investigation in Scotland. Really? So this sketch was the first ever criminal investigation to use a sketch in Scotland. Um, Which is and... crazy because it's the mm-hmm. late 60s. Because mm-hmm. th- you always think everything was done hundreds of years ago, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, and it was it was shown to the public so people kind of had a rough idea of what this guy looked like because as much as you can just say this red-haired man, we're in Scotland, there's you're a lot of red-haired men. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like you, exactly. Yeah, exactly, I'm ginger. <laughs> so do you know what I mean? Like, there's quite a few. So they kind of put out this this picture and obviously no one was 100% sure they just had this kind of rough idea. Now, obviously there was a massive gap between these two killings. However, six months later, on the 30th of October 1969, is when the third and final victim of Bible John confirmed actually happens. So this is when we actually get a lot more information about him because I feel like in this case he just spills the beans, right? So... A woman called Helen, she's a 29-year-old wife and mum of two. Now, she's actually just moved back to Glasgow from Germany as her husband's in the military. So they've been living over there, he was based, and they're just back. So she wanted to go out on a night out and fair play. Like, do you know, I am I go away for like a weekend. I'm like, I need to catch up with everybody. So yeah. she <laughs> wants to go out. She wants to go out with her friends and her sister, Jean, who she was very, very close with. Now, her husband's a bit like... And she's like, look, listen, I'm from here. I've gone out all the time. I want to go out. And he's like, oh, okay. So they went on out. Now they went. She went with her sister Jean and a few of her neighbourhood friends. And they went to like a wee local pub first, and then headed towards the Barlands at 10 p.m. Now the same as what happens on every night out. We've actually highlighted this in another podcast. People split up, friends mingle with other people, and Helen and Jean actually meet two guys who are both called John. Now at the time they're like definitely fake names they're probably married and they've just gone for the most easy name ever so they've gone for the name john so we have a dark haired john and we have ginger john now ginger john (laughs) so they spend most of the night together do you know dark haired john is talking away mostly to jean whereas ginger haired john is talking mostly away to helen um they're kind of just there like nobody really remembers seeing them much there i know there was a bit of an altercation with a uh, cigarette machine where i think helen went to buy some cigarettes or jean i'm not 100 sure about one and it swallowed her money and i think there was a bit of a scene made there but apart from that they just mingled like i think if you were asked especially when you're drinking to do you remember seeing this person on night out not really like there was nothing kind of about their features and then got to the end of the night and dark haired john actually goes to get a bus home and I don't know what happened. I don't know if they live in the same area. I don't know if there was a split at the fair. But Helen had actually been given money from her husband to get a taxi home as he believed it was safer than taking the bus. So Ginger Hair John, Jean and Helen all get into a taxi. And I don't know if Ginger Hair John had just had something to drink. I don't know if he just felt more comfortable without the other John or what happened. But this is when he just doesn't stop talking. And the amount of information that comes from this builds the character here. So... He actually gives over his full name. Now, Jean had obviously had a couple of drinks, so she can't remember his second name. She said it Aww. could have been something like Templeton, Simpleson, or Emerson, but something. So he actually gives over his full name. He says that he lives in the Castle Milk area of Glasgow and that he's unmarried. Um, she believed that due to the way he spoke, the way he carried himself, his mannerisms, and a specific watch that he was wearing, she believes he was something to do with the military. Now, she doesn't know what, she doesn't know what he could have done, but like his hair was cropped quite short, just the way he kind of held himself. Definitely, she was like, he works in the military. But obviously, we're just kind of going on things here. 
He had a pin badge on his jacket, which he kept touching, but not in a way to show it off or just as a fidget, as if he was trying to hide what it was. So that could be something to do with the military. It could be something that really gave away who he was. But Jean, a name tag. <laughs> yeah, my name is. But Jean said that he was definitely touching it as in to hide it. And this is when he just keeps talking. He was saying that he got talking about golf and he said that he wasn't one for a game of golf. However, he did have a cousin who scored a hole in one in golf and they got talking about this. They then moved on to the, the deathly talk when you're drunk, the deathly conversation of religion. Oh. Now, do you know, you don't talk about football or religion when you're drunk, but John starts talking about religion and basically says that he grew up in a really strict religious home and he would never be as good, him and his sisters would never be as religious as his parents. Now, then he's dropped, he's got sisters. So we already know he's got a cousin that plays golf and he has sisters. Now, he said that his dad had made a comment about the Barrowlands and said that married women who went to the Barrowlands were adulterous. Now, obviously, I don't know what's going on in this taxi here, but it's quite a big accusation to make. And he gets talking about religious quite a lot and he drops quite another few biblical quotes and he starts talking about some things and he, he then gets talking about Hogmanay and I think they bring up, like, what's everyone doing in Hogmanay? Obviously, this is kind of going into November, like, maybe they want to see each other again. And he says he doesn't go out in Hogmanay, he actually prays, which each to their own. I have a very yeah. different Hogmanay. Me too. But fair enough. Physically, he matches everything we already knew. He was had red hair. And also, um, Jean mentions his teeth. Now, one of his front teeth actually overlap. She said it's like it made a smile quite specific. You know, when someone's got like a kind of smile that you recognise. She said that they definitely recognised his smile. Now, after all this religious chat, after all the news going around that people are getting murdered and that in this area, Jean gets out the taxi first. So Jean leaves her sister Helen Which, in this taxi. Can I just say so? Which I just wouldn't be She felt me. uncomfortable with that guy. Or well, I don't really know. So it's not right. confirmed if she felt uncomfortable or not. Like reading back on it and knowing we're talking about a serial killer, yeah, I think some of the stuff he's saying is a bit weird. However, if you wouldn't to know in the moment, I guess. Yeah, like you know, like I don't know if this was a debate about religion, or I don't know if he was just sitting there spilling all this religious stuff i actually genuinely don't know it's actually not been confirmed right so i don't really know but anyway for some reason helen um sorry jean decides to get out of the taxi so i think jean was the first stop and then i don't really know if helen and john live in a similar area i don't really know but they stay in now helen's husband obviously who was a bit skeptical of her going out anyway has been waiting up for her however he falls asleep which fair play <laughs> like yeah <laughs> we've all done that we're like yeah i'll be up when you get home and not so he's fallen asleep and he wakes up the next morning and helen hasn't returned and little does he know she's actually lying in a garden just yards away from the house like it's houses down from theirs and she's in this back garden now this crime scene is scarily familiar like her clothes are all dishevelled and torn her bag contents are laid all over the floor next to her however there is no bag and what's lying next to her a no. used sanitary pad yeah so there's another used sanitary pad however this case is a little bit different as they find on her a bite mark oh. now this bite mark completely matches what Jean described like he has an overlapping front tooth and the new sketch made up and this is shared everywhere. They post it to all military bases across the UK, even some out of the UK to say, look, do you recognise this person? They weren't there. I don't think anything came back. They put a bigger team undercover at the Barrowlands. They go around to barbers to ask if anyone's cut his hair because his hair was very short for that time. Like, 
have you seen this person? Do you know what it looks like? Nope. They went to dentist. If anyone noticed overlapping tooth, they went to golf courses looking for this cousin that scored a hole in one. They also began <laughs> looking for the other John. Now, the other John, they've never managed to find either, but they were just looking. And also, this other John, he was suspend- He was said to have a Glaswegian accent as well, so he's from the area. So, like, if I went on a night out with you and the next minute your picture was everywhere and they were looking for you, I'd be like, oh, right, I probably should come forward. However, John has never came forward. So we don't know if he was in on it. We don't know if he was maybe, he had a wife at home and maybe he just couldn't. I don't mm-hmm. know why, but for some reason, John but has you, never came if forward. If you've got the anonymous side to it, you'd think he'd be a decent human being and come forward yeah. if he wasn't part of it all. Yeah, well, even when they said that, the anonymous thing, I forgot to say when they said that at the Barlands, nobody really came forward. There were very little people that came forward. And I don't know if it's because they generally didn't know anything or if that horrible thing is they were scared. I'm yeah. not too sure. The postmortem showed the exact same as the others. She was Her death was strangulation. Now, to this day, there is actually still no answers or identification of who Bible John was. But the reason he got that nickname is due to the fact of his religion. Now, I'm going to just kind of briefly, before we go into our suspects and our conspiracy theories of who we think Bible John is, there's just a couple of things I want to kind of clarify. So the main thing that we've been shocked at every single time that we've went was the sanitary pads. Now, when I read into this, people were like, no, no, like how how can girls be killed for being on their period and I don't think that's what happened at all but I read a really good theory for this and I do believe it now at that time they never asked if people were being sexually assaulted and obviously because the Barrowlands were a kind of shady place to go and they had this horrible kind of like stigma around them people didn't admit they went there so I don't believe he just went and killed people I think his main goal was just to sexually assault or rape these women which is horrendous however in religion, especially way back then, being on your period was actually seen as a horrendous thing. And it was actually seen that you're unclean. And if this guy was really religious, I think it's angered him and then he's killed them. Ooh. So I think maybe he's sexually assaulted numerous women who have never been able to come forward either because they've had husbands or, do you know, even if they didn't have husbands, they've been walking home alone with a man, which back then. So I think that's the theory that I think he's never went to kill them. I think he's just done it because the period's angered him. However, I could be totally wrong. There's another two kind of like suspect wise. There was only ever one person. His name was John Edgar. He was actually arrested at the Barrowlands, but managed to escape and ran off. And for years he was on a suspect list, but they never caught him. And then he actually came forward and was like, look, I'm tired of running. I've been running for years. It wasn't me. Like, why did you me. run? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, guilty. innocent people don't run. So, uh-huh. yeah, again, he came forward and there was actually DNA found at Helen's crime scene. So okay. they ran him through the system and no match. So he was actually innocent. So I'm like, what are you running for? But then maybe he had something else and that's why he ran. Yeah. Another Like theory. a wife, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe a wife or maybe he's in a crime. <laughs> I don't know. Another theory is that it's a police officer. Now, oh. I love a good inside job theory but some believe that both Johns were actually police officers and there's one person specifically who I don't know their name but they've actually came forward saying they know exactly who Bible John is they've actually wrote a book about it however they have not published it or have came forward because they do not have enough concrete evidence but enough evidence to write a book like just let me see it 
I yeah, exactly. Read it. Please just send it to us. Our address is. Yeah, <laughs> no, please just send it to the crime pod. Um. So yeah. So they believe it's actually a police officer, which I could get behind. However, there's another person that's like a big kind of conspiracy theory. Now I know you've got your own views, so I'm just going to say who I think it is first because I know you've always kind of connected this. However, there's an, another famous serial killer known in Scotland as Peter Tobin. No, I'm totally, I totally, I'm like agree with you on that one. I do. So Peter Tobin. So. <laughs> yes, we know briefly. I think we'll do an episode on Tobin at one point, but he murdered people between 2007 and 2009, and he murdered women. And he was 60 when he done these. And people said, look, this is definitely not his first killing. Like, there is no way. And then back then, he would have been the age that matched Bible John. Some of the descriptions, he looked like Bible John. And also, Peter Tobin had one of his front teeth removed. Yeah, he had quite a squint smile. Yeah, I and he feel. had a front teeth. He had one of his front teeth removed, which if, if you were going to have that, don't bite someone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't really get why he better. I'm actually not a hundred percent sure because he never done that before. So I don't know if it was just a kind of I know it sounds horrible in the moment thing, mm-hmm. where he just thought, "I'll it do it." It was on her leg, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. So it's but not he, like she was even fighting him. And he'd be like, right, I'll bite your leg. That'll stop mm-hmm. you. Do you know what? I'll be completely honest. I've actually not read lots into Torn's case as it is. However, I've read a lot about the kind of similarities. And photographs, they look similar. Do you know, there's also a comment where, as I said, I've not read into it, but I read that Tobin reacted violently to his victims who were also on their menstrual cycle. Oh, that's quite a big one. I would say yes. that's quite a good connection. <laughs> That's However, not really common. Yeah, I don't, don't like leave. I get angry when I'm on period, but not I, yeah, but not my murderer. <laughs> yeah, He's got exactly. no right. <laughs> yeah, you have, especially you have no right. But <laughs> annoying thing is, like, please don't comment on the similarities. They've said that, like, you know, any surviving forensic evidence would be rechecked, but like the police, there is nothing a hundred percent. So that is all I have to say on Bible John, really. Um, I know you've asked questions, but do you have any more questions? Or do you have any theories? I know you have a theory, I think. I do have a theory. <laughs> I know, I wasn't sure if it was this case or not, but yeah. <laughs> I have many theories in life. You love a theory. I do. However, this one is about Bible John. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad it's about Bible John on the Bible John podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but with you, with hearing kind of lo- loads of more information from you, I kind of... I don't know if I believe in my own theory anymore. However, sit back and relax. I think possibly Angus Sinclair could have at least Mm -hmm. done one of the killings. Oh, yeah. And I think he could have done all three. However, with you saying the missing tooth, the ginger hair, Mm. that kind of makes me not believe it as much. But as you know, we did do our first podcast. It was on the our world of murders. Podcast. Our first yeah. ever podcast. Yeah, it and was, Angus yeah. Sinclair was the murderer. Albeit we were going to do a side side note on him because he's quite notorious. Mm-hmm. He was born um, in 1945. So just yeah. a year before Peter Tobin. Peter Tobin, So yeah, he's yeah. about the same age. As we know, he committed a, his first murder in 1961 at Mm -hmm. the age of 16 and he did obviously he received jail time thankfully albeit 
it was only seven years. Yeah, so he was out. So he was out in um, 1967. He was age 22, so roughly the same age as Bible John. Wow. And he had, obviously, he got out of jail and it was socked in prison in Edinburgh. That's where he was. And he's known to have bought a van because when he was in jail, he did the whole paint and, and decorating. So he had a skill. When he got out of prison, he met Sarah Hamilton, which was, yeah. a, he was she was a nurse. Then he married okay. her. So okay. maybe in the time they were courting or whatever. So he was known to have sex in this van and uh, with underage girls and probably practically anyone. Um, he was known, he's been in prison and everything for, you know, being a sex offender and a murderer and everything like that. But the one that he was most known in was he had sex with an underage girl in Langside Road, okay? And his in-laws, which um, for Sarah's brother and his wife, lived in Langside Place. Patricia Docker and her family were from that area. They lived in the Langside part of Glasgow. So in the time time that she had um, been murdered, which was 1968, Sinclair could have met her whilst Mm -hmm. visiting um, Sarah's brother. So while Mm -hmm. visiting the in-laws, could have convinced her to go on a date or even just be like, oh, I'll I'll take you, I'll drive you here. Or, oh, maybe she was at the the club dancing and he went, oh, I know her. Oh, do you want a lift home? So either way, Mm -hmm. she got inside this van um, and he could have strangled and killed her because... We know that the majority or all of Angus Sinclair's victims were all strangled um, and sexually assaulted and, you know, kind of beaten, just like the Bible John cases. Yeah, absolutely. And with regards to Patricia Docker, the police have always said that there's a huge possibility that she must have been killed elsewhere before, like, her body was dumped because there just wasn't enough, you know, damage around the place. There wasn't with the mm-hmm. state of her body, there there wasn't enough blood, you know, just and lying who's about. Known for dumping a body, Angus Sinclair. <laughs> so I think personally, yeah, he, she could have been killed in his van, and he dumped her. Sam, Maybe, you're onto something. I think, with obviously Angus Sinclair being dead, and his other <laughs> brother-in-law. Gordon, dead. who helped him with the murder, is dead. Yeah. I think that's the thing with Peter Tobin because he's in jail for life now. And I think with serial killers, like they quite like having a number count. So I feel like he would, like he could just admit it and he <laughs> could actually take on this role. And I feel like someone like that would be proud of it. So that's yeah. why I'm kind of like, why does Peter <laughs> Tobin know that he's being called Bible John? Like, I don't actually know if he knows, because obviously he's in prison. And you're in life. You Like, you're there for life. Yeah, it's not Please, like... Please, guys, just admit it. Yeah, <laughs> like... and that's the thing. I think I, I think you're really onto something with Angus Sinclair. And, you know, I don't, obviously... The sanitary pad's the massive one in this, because I do not understand that. But that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think one of the worst things about cases like this is, like, cold cases, is you've got all these, like, facts and theories and stuff, but they're unsolved and we're not criminal investigators we can just debate exactly and the thing is it's like will we ever know 